Okay, well, welcome everyone again. Also, welcome those online. I know Aussies welcome everybody, but I want to just echo that welcome again. I hope everybody is well. Okay, um, the word I want to share this morning is a word that um, I've kind of touched on with different ones in the past. And it's something that I want to be looking at quite a bit this year. Um, and it touches on our gifts. Every one of us has been given gifts that God has deposited within us to use primarily to advance his kingdom and to serve others. And we all have a gift. But not many of us understand and know what those gifts are. So the title of this word is called Discovering and Using Your Gifts to Advance God's Kingdom and to Serve Humanity. So I'm just going to pray um, and then I'll get into this word. So Father, we thank you. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to hear and to just receive your word. And I pray that you will use me to share as led by your Holy Spirit. Let liberty and the freedom of your spirit work through me. And as I share your word, may you prepare and touch the hearts of all those in attendance. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So the title of this word I said is Discovering and Using Your Gifts to Advance God's Kingdom and Serve Humanity. Now just by way of reminder, our vision, as most of all of us should know, is to be ready for the Lord's return. We want to make sure that when the Lord returns, that we're ready. It's something that needs to be at the forefront of our minds because we have to remember that Jesus is coming. It's not a cliche. It's not something that we just say that sounds nice. He is coming. And when he comes, he's coming for those who are ready to receive him. And there are things that we need to do to enable us to be ready for his return so it's something that needs to be in our minds being ready for his return so the following portion of scripture in regards to this word i want to share it's, it gives a real insight into how god has blessed us with different gifts and i'm reading from matthew chapter 25 i'm going to read from verses 14 to 30 using the new king james version Verse 14 reads, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. <laughs> Hello, Jamie. <laughs> Each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who received two gained two more also. But he who received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Verse 20, so he who had received five talents came and brought the five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. The Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. 
I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Verse 24. The he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I had not sown and gather where I had not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would receive back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For everyone who has, more will be taken, given. And he, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he, will, what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, where there be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. It's a long scripture, but it explains about the gifts that God has given to every single one of us. And one of the important things about these gifts is that God requires us to be faithful. When it comes to identifying and knowing your gift... God expects you to be faithful with the gift that he has given to you. In fact, when you're demonstrating, when we are demonstrating using your gift as a servant, he will tell us, well done, good and faithful servant. So when your gift is used to bless God's kingdom, to serve others, and at the end of your, the time of your life, God will say to you, because of your faithfulness, well done, good and faithful servant. And we read that in, in the scripture. However, if we're not faithful with our gift, as we've read before, and we're not using our gift to serve others and to advance God's kingdom, then we'll be judged. And the scripture says that he called the servant that buried his gift, he called him an unprofitable servant. And unfortunately for him, there were consequences in eternity. And this is the same for us. And one of the, one of the most important goals that we should have in our lives is to know yourself as God knows you. The only person that knows you inside out is God. And when you know yourself, it liberates you to do and to be the thing that God wants you to be. And it's a goal that we should all have, to know yourself in the way that God knows you. This is also known as self-realization. Knowing yourself. You know, sometimes you can discover things about yourself without even realizing it through different circumstances that you go through. It's amazing. Sometimes you, you'll go through something and you've been through a situation, all the emotions, all the stress and everything. But as a result of it, you realize that you, you recognize something about yourself that you didn't even realize was even there in the first place. And this is sometimes how God can reveal things to you with regards to your giftings. 
Also, people can come to you and begin to speak to you about yourself and start recognizing or identifying things about you that you never knew. Again, this is another way that God can identify and reveal to you what your gift or gifts are. Because you don't just have one. We have many gifts that God has placed inside of us. So when you have this self-realization, you then have what's known as self-manifestation. You begin to reveal yourself to others through your gift. Others begin to know you in a particular way. So what I said before, every single one of us has been given gifts from God. And they are used or supposed to be used to advance God's kingdom and to serve one another. And it's by knowing and understanding your gifts that the human needs that we have, and we all have needs, and I'm going to go into some of those in a minute. Knowing and understanding your gifts, that every need that we have with the human being is put in its correct place because of your gifts. And let me explain. You know, just like the parable that we just read, the parable of the talents, it says that we were given account to God for the gifts that God has given to us. Because remember, those gifts, as much as God has placed them inside of us, those gifts are not for us. The gifts that God has given to you are for others, to serve others and to advance God's kingdom. But I mentioned about needs, and let me explain. So every human, every one of us has needs. I'm not just talking about physical needs, and we know what the physical needs are. We need food, we need water, air, um, shelter, etc. We know that we have those particular needs. But there are also emotional, psychological type needs that we all have as human beings. And I'm going to quickly go into them. And all these needs that I'm going to mention, if these needs are not met, they have certain impacts on us. Again, mentally, emotionally, etc. So there are many of them. I'm, gonna, I'm going to highlight eight very quickly. So the first one is every human needs a sense of purpose. I.e., we all need to feel that we were born for a reason. We were born to accomplish something. Every one of us needs a sense of purpose. Otherwise, you'd just be living as the wind, going back and forth, no direction. So we all need a sense of purpose. Number two, every human needs a sense of value. In other words, everyone wants to feel valued in different circumstances. At home, you want to feel valued. At work, you want to feel valued. You want to be told if you do something, yeah, that's a good job. So there's value in what you, that, in what you do. I mean, you want to feel and have that value. Number three, every human wants to feel a sense of significance. You know, that's why sometimes, you know, because of our personalities, we do things differently. Sometimes you see somebody with a very unique hairstyle because they want to stand out because of their personality. So there's a significance that different ones have, and that's how God has made us. Number four, every human has a need to be recognized in different ways. You know, have you been somewhere before where in a large group, let's say, and you know the people that are there, but the people that are there have ignored you? 
sure some of you have been in that position. If somebody ignores you and they know you, it has an impact. Because every person has a need to be recognized. You know, maybe you're in a situation where people are choosing different ones to do different things. And everybody is chosen except you. You know how that makes you feel. Because there's a need for you as an individual to be recognized. So these are needs that we're talking about. Psychological needs. You know, there was a time I went to a local church. This was during, during lockdown, I think, the first year or so. And the church, literally just a minute or so from my house, um, was sending leaflets through the post saying that they were open. And this was during Christmas time. So myself and Lynette's mum, we went to this church. And when we got there, they were doing the service. I think we got there in time. They were doing stuff before the service. Um, different ones came and spoke to us. And then the priest came in, um, gave the word, etc. Um, and then the service finished. And then the priest went around to everybody and was saying hello and greeting everybody. But not, not at one point did that priest come to myself and the next mom to say hello and acknowledge us. So we were both just sitting there just looking at each other and then looking, thinking, hmm. and we didn't say anything to each other, but we, we knew what we were both thinking. Um, and then we spoke to some people um, and then we made our way out. And as we were walking out, one of the people that we were speaking to, they waved and said, yeah, you know, try and come back again. We'll see you later. And the, the priest saw that the, this person acknowledged us and they were drinking their tea and then they said, oh yeah, yeah, see you later. And we just walked out and we were like, wow. So we, we, were, the, we were the only new people there. And there was nobody else that we knew. We were the only new people there. And the priest didn't acknowledge us at all the whole time. And see, because of the way that we're made, and again, this is a, a need that we have. This, I can remember this so fresh because of how I felt thinking, wow, that's not great. Not this person. You can't come and just, at least just come and say hello. Not telling them to come and sit down and talk with us and whatever. But we all have a need to be recognized. And that's just one example. And where we're not recognized, it has an impact. Number six, every human wants to feel a sense of fulfillment or accomplishment. So this is why at times you feel good about yourself when you've taken time to do a particular task and you've completed it. There's a sense of fulfillment. I'm sure, Peter, when you're at work and there's a car comes and the car's all over the place and then you've fixed it, it's like, yeah, you feel, you know, I've accomplished something. It's because there's a need within you that you want to accomplish and complete and fulfill something. That is how God has made us. Number seven, every human wants to experience personal power. And let me explain this one because it doesn't sound as, as though in the way that I've said it. I'm not talking about power where you want to exercise and dominate things. I'm talking about power and I define power in this context. Power is, is the ability to control your circumstances. And every human being wants to be in a position where they want to have power over their circumstances. So for example, if you receive news from the doctors saying that you have some health issue, within yourself you feel you've lost power because you have no control over that side of your body anymore. So you've lost power. And there's a sense of powerlessness. And this is why I'm saying that every human wants to feel that ex exert power. 
or if you're told in your workplace that your position no longer exists, you feel powerless because you've lost power in concerning your job. So this is what I'm saying about every human wants to feel a sense of power in their situation. And it's a need, it's a very live need that we have. Finally, number eight, every human has the need for success. Everyone has their own definition of success. I'm sure if, you, if I asked Mel and I asked uh, Ozzy, you'll both have your own different definitions. Um, but what's clear is that nobody wants to fail. Nobody has set themselves up to do something and in their mind they're thinking, yeah, when, I'm gonna, when I do this thing, I'm going to fail. No one has that in their mind. So each one of these needs, these eight needs that I've mentioned, believe it or not, they are all influenced by your gifts that you have. And by serving and advancing God's kingdom through your gifts, what it does is that it helps you to fulfill all of these needs regardless of what happens in your life. So when you understand your giftings, even if you fail with something, even if somebody doesn't recognize you, because your gift inside of you is something that God has given to you that will never be taken away, it means that that particular lack of recognition doesn't become your main focus because you recognize the gift that God has given to you. Romans chapter 11, verse 29. It says the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Every gift that God has given to you, the Bible says that it is yours, he's not going to take it away. In fact, I love the message version of that um, same scripture, Romans eleven twenty nine. 29. The message version says this, it says, God's gifts and God's callings are under full warranty. Never cancelled, never rescinded. The gifts that God has given to you can never be cancelled. They are yours, regardless. They can never be taken away. This is what the scripture is saying. So all these needs lead us to ask ourselves some really interesting questions. And one question I, I want to put is understanding who you are. So someone came to you and said, who am I? Who are you? What answer would you give? Some may say, okay, well, you know, like Ozzy, I'm an accountant. But that's not the answer because that's your profession. That's your job. So for you to answer that question, you have to say, I am, and then you fill in the gap. And no one answered this question better than Jesus himself in the scripture. He himself said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And see, when you know your gifts, because Jesus, remember, was the gift, he had the gift of salvation that we are all benefiting from. So he knew that he was the way, he was the truth, and he was the life. And when you know your gift, you begin to know who you are. And that helps you well, that helps to bring a sense of purpose to your life. And this is just by the by, I just want to mention this. But the habits that you have, each one of us, we have daily habits. Those habits control your future. It's so important. 
whatever your secret habit is, or even whatever your public habit is, is deciding what your future is. So you need to decide what your habits are. It's so important. You know, Jesus himself, he decided many things, but he decided during his time on earth that his habits would involve around praying. His habits involved teaching. His habits involved ministering to each other, to different ones. And these are examples that we are encouraged to follow. And the point I'm making here is that whatever you're destined to become, whatever the things that God wants you to do and achieve, God has already placed the things that you need inside of you through your gifts. And your habits should help steer you towards those things. It's very important. So your future isn't necessarily ahead of you as such, but reality, the, re the reality is that your future is hidden inside of you because of the gifts that God has given to you are inside of each one of you. You know, everything that God created, if you look at it in detail, it was created with a gift on the inside of it. And that includes each and every one of us, every single one of us. You know, a gift that God has given to you, it can never be learnt. You can't learn a gift, but it can be refined. You can ask the Lord to refine and refresh the gift, but it's not learnt. You know, these things, you will not hear them in school. When you go to school or place of education, they don't ask you what your gift is. They speak to you about what is it you're interested in, what topics are you, uh, uh, um, that you want to achieve when, it, when you get older. And a lot of the time, those are determined mainly by money. That influences what you, what you choose and what you want to do. Or your family may say, okay, your, your, your parents, your, your, dad, your dad or your, your, my dad was this profession, therefore I want you to have this profession. But it's your gift that is the important thing here. Your gift is your source of value. This is where you get your value from. And your value comes from your gift. If you understand this, I'm telling you, you won't follow the crowd. Because you will know who you are when it comes to yourself in Christ. For example, let me tell you, what makes a dentist valuable? I'm sure many of you have had issues with your teeth in the past. You know, when you have a toothache, you don't think of your friends, don't think of your children, don't think of your partner, you don't think of this, that, the other. All you think about is that I need to take myself to that dentist for them to address the issue of my teeth. You don't care if the dentist is rude to you. You don't care if they're from a different nationality from where you are. You're not interested in that. All you're interested in is that they have the ability and the gifting to address the issue with your teeth. And this is because their gift has value to you. That is it. So again, your gift is the source of your value. You know, think about somebody like um, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson apparently was around the age of six when he was in the Jackson 5. And if you remember, when he performed as a six-year-old, and he was the youngest of all his siblings, performing in front of thousands, watched by millions on the TV, and the way this guy performed as a six-year-old 
not just singing, singing as though you think he was taught to have a voice like that. He wasn't taught anything. Dancing and choreographing in a way you thought he would, he would have been taught. But it was a gift that he had that made him to perform the way that he performed. And apparently, I didn't even know this, he was interviewed um, around the time when he was that age, a part of the Jackson 5. And they asked him, they said, do you love music? And imagine what he replied. He said, I don't love music. I am music. At the age of six, I was blown away when I heard about that. But the interesting thing, he knew his gift. And we all know his gift. We've all seen him perform. And his gift made him millions, as we know. So as I said before, when you go to school, you don't hear about stuff about your gift. It's other things. So for some of us, when you get a revelation of your gifts, and time is short, so I, when I do the next session, I will go into details as to how to discover your gift. But when you get a revelation of your gifts, I'm telling you, for some of you, you will end up changing your careers or your jobs. Some of you who are studying, you may think, I need to change some of the courses that I'm doing because your gifting should determine what it is that you're doing. You know, some of us are already in jobs where we're making progress, we're excelling, we're doing well, but it doesn't showcase your gift and it means that you're not being fulfilled. Proverbs 18 verse 16, it says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before kings. You know, the systems of this world have all forms of control, different forms of politics. You know, at work, at times you feel you should be promoted, the boss will tell you you're not ready for promotion. Your advancements are blocked in different ways, etc. If somebody doesn't like you when it comes to your work or your business, you're in trouble. However, according to the scripture that we just read, it says your gift ignores all that politics because it's the gift that God has given to you that makes room for you. See, people will come looking for your gift. when you use it to advance God's kingdom and to serve others, I'm telling you, they'll be willing to pay whatever is required to access it. You know, this, this word I'm sharing was a word initially that was shared by Miles Monroe. Um, those of you that know him, he shared it quite detailed about this particular scripture. And he was talking about himself during this time about his giftings which is just mainly to share the word of God, but to encourage people about themselves. And he said that at one point, he was paid 5,000 pounds an hour to share for an oil company, in, I think it was somewhere in Africa or so, to speak to the employees about leadership and about life. Because of his gift that he had, 
they flew him over to Weber country. Willingly paid 5,000 pounds per hour for him to come and share his gift. This is how the gift works. So everything has a gift inside of it. I mentioned this before. For example, the gift of the bird. When a bird operates, the gift of the bird is flight. Again, a bird isn't taught to fly. But the bird was born with flight. For example, the fish. The gift of the fish is to swim. When you see fishes that are born um, in water, the mum fish doesn't grab them to one side and show them and try to get them to fish, to, to swim. As soon as they come out of, the, of, 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 the, of the, the mother, automatically they begin to swim because the gift of the fish is inside of the fish to be able to swim. So likewise for us, your gift is inside of you. At times we're looking here, there, and everywhere to try to discover what it is that God wants us to do. But it's within yourself you need to look because your gift is inside of you. Turn to your neighbor and tell her that you are a gift to the world. I'm telling you, you have no idea what's inside of you. You know, never judge people by how you see them today. Because once that person discovers their gift, you'll be running to them to tap into what they have. You know, Jesus came to the world to deliver a gift. And that is why it's called the gift of salvation. Second Corinthians 4, reading from verse 7 to 9, it says, But we have the treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. So this scripture is exampling that no matter what you go through, no matter what life throws at you, your gift will always be there. It doesn't matter. You may be perplexed or confused, the scripture says, but not in despair. You may be struck down, but not destroyed. You can get fired from your job, but your gift cannot be fired. You can lose your business, but you cannot lose your gift. You can have battles with your health even, but even your health cannot take your gift away. Because God's, as I said the scripture before, that the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. I said before in the message version, God's gifts and callings are under full warranty. This is what the scripture says. They can never be cancelled, never be rescinded. So I've got 15 seconds, so I'm going to leave you with this. How to find your gift very quickly. And I'll go into it in more detail the next time I come. Firstly, note that your gift fulfills itself by serving others and advancing God's kingdom. That's the first thing. But in Proverbs 20 verse 4 says, May he give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, 
and he will give you the desires of your heart. So first thing to note is that your gift is the thing that you have been desiring. That's one of the ways to identify it. There's a difference between having an interest in something and desiring something. Things that you desire is very different from things you're interested in. For example, those of us who, who um, are now married or so, you, had, you translated from having an interest in your partner to then desiring your partner. And when you desired them, you would go do whatever you needed to do in order to be with them. You would sacrifice whatever you needed to. That is how you identify what desire is. For many of us, there are desires that God has placed in our hearts. And those things are indicators as to what your giftings are. See, quite a time now, I'm going to have to close, but again, I'm going to go into more detail. And that's just one way of identifying what your gifts are. But right now, I want us to just pray. And I want us to stand, if, if, if that's okay. And I want to very just quickly pray in two areas. For those of you that do not know what your gifts are, and trust me, I was in the same position. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you your gifts. I forgot to give you wisdom and direction in how you apply and use those gifts. And for those of you that know what your gifts are, you have an understanding of what those gifts are. I want to pray also for you that God will help you to refine and re refresh those gifts. It's important that if you know what your gifts are, bring them daily before the Lord and ask him to refine them, to replenish them, strengthen them. Amen. So just lift your hands right now. I want to pray firstly for those who do not know, for the Holy Spirit to reveal your gifts to you. So Father, I bring before you those who are still trying to understand their giftings, trying to know what their giftings are. You reveal to us, oh God, in your word that you will give us the desires of our heart. So Father, those desires that you have placed within us, those longings that you have placed within us that are our giftings, Holy Spirit, I pray that you right now will begin to speak to each one so that, Lord, that there is an understanding of our giftings. And as we give these, uh, ask you, we pray that you will grant us wisdom and direction in applying these gifts. Lord, I also pray for those, O oh God, who have an understanding of their gifts, that you will refine and replenish those gifts daily. Let there be a fresh touch from your spirit upon each one to use their giftings to your glory. Father, we thank you that, Lord, that you reveal to redeem. That, Lord, that we do not need to be in darkness concerning our gifts. And I pray that, Lord, that you will begin to speak to different ones. Lord, even speak to us directly and speak to different ones. Lord God, as we even conversate with each other, at times you allow us to see other things, things in people that they themselves don't see. So I pray that you will speak to us, Lord God, and you will help each and every one of us to be able to help to identify each one's gifts. And we surrender them to you and say, Lord, help us to use them to your glory, to advance your kingdom, and to serve humanity to your glory. We give you praise and we give you glory in the name of Jesus. Amen.